Hey, welcome. It's the Mend Podcast with Joe Roder from Red's Fly Shop. I am podcasting at you from outside today, right on the banks of the Blue Ribbon Yakima River. It is above freezing today, so it is a beautiful day to sit outside and chat with you guys about fishing and hopefully give you some ideas on what you should be doing during the winter time to get ready for your next big adventure. Now, some would tell you you should be out fishing 12 months out of the year and you should be fishing in January and December and etc. etc. And winter fishing is awesome and it can be. Conditions like today are actually really good. Uh, it's quite comfortable out here, it's in the upper 30s. It's a dry cold, whatever the heck that means. Uh, it uh, Actually, after spending some time in western Washington this last week in a damp cold, I appreciate how nice it is on the east slopes, the Cascades, a little bit more inland. Uh, it is. It's in the upper 30s, but it's quite comfortable. Uh, good conditions today, really good conditions uh, in the next several days, especially on New Year's Day. looks like it's going to be, it can be really good fishing. So you can have good fishing in January, you know, December, January, February with the right conditions. To be honest with you, it's not for most people. That's why the river is nearly empty today, even though we're totally ice free, conditions are good. There's something nice about fishing when it's warm out. And that's where most uh, anglers' interest lies is spending time outside when it's nice to be outside regardless whether the bite's on or not. So there's stuff you can do uh, during the off-season to get prepared. That's what we're going to podcast about today, just some ideas on how to uh, kind of manifest and manage your tackle. Some things you should do now so that when spring rolls around and summer rolls around, you can have really good adventures and make really great use of your time. Uh, before we kind of get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of it, uh, just a couple of updates. We set a date for our 2020 Reds Rendezvous. Uh, great event. Totally worth coming from outside the area and staying, uh, either camping in the Yakima Canyon here. There's great campgrounds. The lodge is, I'm sure, booked full by now. You can give it a try. Uh, rendezvous date is going to be May 2nd. And uh, we'll have a little something going Friday evening, but most of the activities, clinics, seminars, and stuff we're teaching on the rivers can be on May 2nd. Uh, 90% of it is totally free. Uh, just show up, have a great time. Uh, we'll teach you some cool stuff about fly fishing and, uh, and hopefully earn your business at the same time. Uh, but it's a totally, uh, most, like I said, most of the event is free. There's going to be some, some paid clinics and classes that are a little bit more private so you get more out of it. Uh, likely on Sunday, uh, we'll jam Sunday full of like paid clinics, but Saturday, uh, May 2nd, get out here. Uh, and I don't have all the details. I can't release all the details yet, but pay attention for something. Uh, we're going to do it 99% sure it's going to happen. We're going to do have a cooperative event with backcountry hunters and anglers, uh, which is a great organization fighting, uh, to maintain, preserve, protect your access to your public lands and uh, I think it's going to be some type of triple crown where we got some sporting clays shooting some 3d archery and a fly casting competition uh, all rolled into one and there will be one grand champion or a two to three person team that's going to be crowned grand champion so like I said don't have all the details yet 
we're not ready to take reservations, sign people up, so don't call, don't ask, but uh, just stay on our social media and listen to the podcast, and as more details merge, we'll have that coming at you. So, uh, rendezvous coming up, going to have some type of Triple Crown Challenge uh, as well, and uh, our sportsman show season, if you want to come visit with us in person, you can see us in Tri-Cities, uh, Tri-Cities, Washington, third week of January, uh, Portland, Oregon at the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show uh, er, mid-February, Linwood slash Seattle, Washington, the middle of February, and Puyallup, Washington, that's uh, the third week of January, and uh, there might be another little event here and there. Uh, anyway, watch our social media. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram for kind of news stuff. Um, okay, so conditions are, are good for fishing right now. Uh, most people are going to wait till spring to get rolled around, but you don't have to wait to start getting prepared. Uh, there's little things that, that I do, that most pros do, that experienced anglers do to get ready for the upcoming season, and not all of it involves spending a bunch of money at Red's Fly Shop. Maybe a little bit of money, or maybe a bunch of money. It's up to you. Uh, but there's some things that you can do. Uh, first things first, I would uh, figure out whether your tackle management system, you know, this prior year was adequate. Meaning, uh, to me, a good tackle management system is one, I got to be able to find exactly what I'm looking for right now so that I can either one, be spontaneous and make the decision to go fishing when I didn't plan to, or two, I can simply find the tackle item that I need to. So we're going to break this into kind of like your home base tackle and then your on the water tackle. So your home base tackle, you have to have some, depending on where you're at, you know, tackle volume wise, most of you are probably going to have some fly fishing tackle that doesn't go with you all the time. Uh, maybe it's an extra reel, uh, a lake fishing fly line, a net, something, um, extra fly lines, extra leader, fly boxes, whatever it is. It's not always going to go with you. Home base tackle, I can't advocate strongly enough to get some type of tackle bag. Um, they don't all have to be waterproof and cost 250 bucks, but have some type of bag where you could store, say, extra sinking leaders, sink tips, an extra reel, an extra spool, an old fly line that you kept for a backup. There's lots of different things that should go in this bag that don't always go with you, and that way you can find it. Maybe things like hook sharpeners or a nail knot tool, uh, extra sets of nippers, uh, maybe even a worn out set of nippers or hemostats that you're, you're not ready to throw away because you might need them as a backup sometime. That should be stored in your home base tackle system. So make sure you got a home base tackle system of some sort, and it it's organized, it's clean. You know, evaluate what's in there. If there's just some trash in there, get rid of it, and then figure out what you want to do for your um, your on the water tackle system. Uh, and I'm thinking about going back to a vest. Um, I've done every basically every type of hip pack, backpack, sling pack. Uh, that there is. Uh, I've liked them all. Uh, I think as I've evolved, uh, I'm getting more and more simple. Um, and a lot of times what I do doesn't necessarily, shouldn't Im- impact what you do. I might be carrying a big camera uh, or some other gear, or if I'm guiding, I'm carrying a large net and a lunch. So sometimes I do need a backpack. But I've grown to really like my sling pack, but 
Uh, I think I'm going to switch back to traditional vest this year and uh, and give that a try. And uh, that's one thing I'll do this off season is uh, there's a couple of really good vests from Fish Pond. There's one that's like 90 bucks, and uh, it's a Flint Hills vest. They've made it for years. I think I'm going to switch to that one and uh, just see if because like, what happens is. Like, as I've thought back to my own fishing, it's the same exercise you guys should do. Like, it just seemed like I would always find bottles of floating and nippers and leaders and tippet and all this junk in my pockets all the time. And I'm inevitably, I'm like, where's my damn floating? And I'd left it in a pants pocket or a shirt pocket or jacket pocket or what have you. And then all of a sudden, I'm having to go either with either without the, the small accessory that I need or uh, I'm buying a new one. So I think I'm going to get a vest um, for my own fishing and just load that thing up, get it done right with all of my trout fishing tackle. And that way I know that if I grab that vest, I am ready to go wade fishing for trout, and uh, which is what most most folks are going to be doing. So I'm personally going to switch back to a vest. The sling pack I've been using, I've been kind of doubling up and using it for a saltwater rig you know, with all my saltwater gear, and that's just going to stay saltwater. I'm going to leave all my stuff in there and and just have a vest for trout fishing. Uh, So that's the direction I'm going to go this year. Uh, I'm going to go through all of my fly boxes. Um, A lot of my flies, they're trash, they get a little bit rusty, and it just seems like that rust is contagious. Um, So throw away any flies or get rid of any flies. Uh, Maybe throw them in a coffee can, you know, on the top shelf of your closet uh, or in your garage for... uh, the zompocalypse or something where you need the last fly in the world <laughs> or something. I, I feel bad throwing away flies, so I always tend to save them. I got coffee cans full of those things. So get rid of the flies that you just you have no intention of using, and that will give you a more... It, it, if you're not excited to tie that fly on, get it out of your box. And I, I firmly mean that. This is the time of year, if that fly has been in your box for five years and you've not used it, get rid of it just it's it gives you here's what happens when your boxes get overloaded with junk flies it gives you this false sense of preparation that's felonious flies are so critical to your success and having a good fly and a fly that you're confident in i'd rather have two really really good flies than 25 mediocre ones um the, the truth of the matter is when you have good flies you don't tend to lose as many either so i'm a big advocate a clean sweep so get in your boxes get get your flies that you don't have any intention of tying on get them organized by nymphs you know or wet flies dry flies if you're doing multiple boxes if you're still kind of a novice and all your flies are fitting into one box that's just fine uh, but get an accurate assessment of the flies you want and as we begin to rebuild naturally the off season right now is when you should be thinking about picking up some flies not the day that you're going fishing that's just stupid uh sorry we to all the folks that we enthusiastically sell flies when you show up here the day of your trip but it's okay to put a little forethought into what you're going to be doing a month from now or two or three or four or five six months from now and get your flies now it just makes more efficient use of your time you can still buy a couple of flies day of uh and, and be reactionary to conditions but 90% 90% of patterns that I use, I need in my box all year. Uh, there's always going to be some type of use for them. So evaluate what you got for flies, uh, and then figure out a fishing plan for the year. Figure out where do you want to go, what do you want to catch, where do you want to travel, 
And then let's get some flies specifically for those destinations. I would really encourage you guys, uh, something that we do at Reds is we are a fly shop at our core. You know, forget the waders, sunglasses, fly rods, reels, boots, all that other stuff that we sell. And remember that we are a fly shop at our core. We do flies better than anybody, and I firmly believe that. Extremely high-quality flies, the right stuff, organized right. Look at, when you get a rebuild, at least go look at the deadly dozens for trout or whatever you're fishing, whether it's bass. If your goal is to catch a big bucket-mouth bass or a small-mouth bass this year, look at our deadly dozens for bass. Look at our deadly dozens uh, for trout we do nymphs euro nymphs streamers trout spay and what a deadly dozen is it's the same way we would pick flies for you if you were standing in our store we are going to pick out the very best flies that are available today so look at our deadly dozens and it's a great way to refill your boxes uh it's a great way to to buy flies just period it's a it's it's pro shop service online and we personally pick out flies based on where and when you're going fishing that we would purchase ourselves or sell you if you were in the store. Um, they're not seconds. They're not stuff we got to get rid of, but look at our deadly dozens. We do that better than anybody, but refill your flies based on where you dream about fishing. Like I said, if, if you have a certain goal this year, uh, if it's to, you know, to catch larger trout, prepare yourself with some streamers and give that a shot. Uh, and, and get flies ready specifically for the destinations that you're dreaming about fishing. So get reloaded on flies. Uh, you know, I would strength test your tippet. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that just because the expiration date that's on the tippet is up. Um, it's a little bit like pasteurized milk. It might be a little past its prime, but it's still safe. Uh, but strength test your tippet. And... Uh, you know, evaluate whether you feel it's going to hold on a, a high stakes fish or not. If you're not confident in it, get some new tippet. Uh, I really like that Scientific Angler's Absolute Tippet because it's got a cutter built in. Um, you know, I think I'll put a review uh, or a link. Um, I'll just put a link to the tippet. You can check it out, but it's got a cutter built in, um, which is cool. It saves time, more efficient. Uh, but when you when you figure out, you know. What your tippet situation is, you know, trout anglers should have three, four, and five X as a minimum, you know, probably one to six uh, if they want to be really well prepared um, in both fluorocarbon and a traditional nylon, uh, nylon or mono. Um, I think you can use those two terms interchangeably. But uh, fluorocarbon being for wet flies and nymphs, nylon or mono being cheaper and used for dry fly fishing. It can also be used for nymphs and streamers too. But fluorocarbon tends to be stiffer, more abrasion resistant, and good for uh, fishing under under the surface. And no fiber optic, so no no fiber optic or very few fiber optic qualities, so it's less visible underwater. So figure out your tippet, get yourself tapered leaders. Uh, you know we're going to keep this oriented towards trout. Look in your bag. If you've got crappy old tapered leaders, I see people show up for guided trips with leaders that are just garbage. Uh, a good taper leader can last you multiple trips. The stuff in comparison to your time is so cheap, you guys. It It's so cheap. Um, you know, for the cost of a gallon of gas, you can have a brand new taper leader that is going to make your dry fly fishing or your streamer fishing better. 
uh, nymph fishing, generally, uh, you know, you can often modify, you know, an existing leader. But get tapered leaders that are good, that have stiff butt sections, that are going to turn your cast over well, help you be accurate. Um, I would recommend getting 9-foot 5X leaders and 7.5-foot 4X and 7.5-foot 3X leaders. Um, If you plan on doing a lot of streamer fishing, get 7.5-foot 2X leaders. But get yourself a variety of tapered leaders. Um, you know, get them in a pocket and you're, you're on the water bag so you know where they're at and you can put a fresh leader on when the situation arises. So evaluate your tippet, evaluate your leaders, get in your gear right now so you're not scrambling around buying stuff uh, the day that you want to go fishing. Um, next, you know, figure out, you know, what kind of fly line you have. Is it in good condition? Fly lines generally last just a couple of seasons with a good fly line with good treatment, you know, maybe three or four seasons. Once you get beyond that though, that stuff, stuff finish starts to break down. It gets cracks and fissures in it and pores and it is going to hold water in the tip. And I'll I'll put a link to like that says like dry fly flotation. I'm going to make a note for myself in the link of this or the blog. Whether you're listening to this on our blog, reds you know redsflyshop.com/blog. Go there and, and search for this uh, if you're listening to it just on Podbean. But most people fail to see their dry fly or keep it floating, not because the dry fly is bad or they didn't have the best floatant, but I would say more often. It's because their fly, the tip of their fly line and their fly line itself sinks, and then they go to make mends or adjustments, or the current simply pulls on the fly line, and then it, because that fly line is sunk, it then pulls the dry fly under. Very frustrating for people. A fresh fly line shoots better, feeds better, mends better. The more buoyant it is, the more fishy it is. It's, a, it's just a maintenance investment. If you haven't bought a new fly line in a while... Get yourself a new fly line. You can clean your line. I think uh, I think maybe in that same video I talk about cleaning lines. There's a couple of different line cleaning dressings that we have. Uh, again, I'll put that in the link, you know, the description of the video or on the blog. But you can use these little towelettes that are great. They're a buck a piece. Uh, those are really convenient. You can clean with those. There's also some some dressings or some agents you can put on there to hopefully seal up all those fissures, cracks, pores, and all that junk. But at the bottom line is you need to buy a new fly line occasionally. Uh, in the shop, our best sellers, the ones we endorse the most, are Scientific Anglers. Uh, Amplitude, for folks who just want simply the very best line that you can get and they don't mind a little bit of noise um, when the texture finish runs through their guides. Uh, the next line, the most popular line is the Amplitude, Scientific Angler's Amplitude Smooth Series. Same type of line, non-textured, but it doesn't have a lubricant built into the line body itself. That Amplitude line actually has a lubricant built into the material of the line, so as the line wears out, that lubricant continually comes to the surface, keeping the line very slick, which allows you to feed line really easily without disturbing your drift. Uh, it also helps it shoot. So the infinity, infinity lines, if, I'm, if you're size up your line, you're like, okay, yeah, this thing sinks or the loop is damaged on the end, etc. Look at those scientific anglers lines. The infinity is what we put on pretty much all fast action rods. If you, if it's a really fast action rod, you can put on the MPX. Uh, if it's a more moderate action rod, a softer action Dry fly specific, the Scientific Angler's Amplitude Trout uh, series. 
uh, is good. And you can get us on our live chat. Our live chat is kick-ass. Guys are so good on that. If you have a question about a line, just use the live chat on our site. Uh, we're on it, you know, you know, seven days a week during regular hours. You know, we don't monitor at night. But hit us with a chat if you have a question about lines. So size up your lines. Um, you know, regarding lines, if your goal is to catch fish on streamers and catch bigger trout, uh, you know, consider getting a good sink tip line or consider getting sinking leaders. Uh, consider getting um, a single hand space system for pitching streamers. There's lots of different you know exploration you can do in lines. If you have a rod that you're going to be primarily nymphing with, or you're going to be euro nymphing, get a euro nymphing line, or get a line that's specific for indicator nymphing. It does make a difference. So size up your lines, figure out what your what your needs are there, and how you can improve over your last season. Uh, and then another small tackle item as you're going through your home base kit bag and you're on the water bag is figure out your indicators. If you have indicators that you don't like, you've never used, you just don't favor them, get rid of them. Give them to somebody else, throw them away, get them out of your bag. It's just taking up space. Indicators are cheap, you guys. In the whole scheme of fishing, in your life in general, indicators are super cheap. I would really encourage you to look at the New Zealand style kit for strike indicator fishing. Um, and I try to gear this podcast towards do-it-yourself anglers and get you guys prepared. If you're showing up for a guided trip, who cares? We're going to take care of you. And we're also going to use just slightly different tackle when we're guiding than I think you should use when you're waiting. When you're waiting, you're often going to be casting over the same fish numerous times or the same spots numerous times. It's very different than having a guide row you for 10 miles downstream, putting you on fresh fish all day. That New Zealand system is very stealthy. It's adjustable. You can change depths. Um, it's very sneaky. Look at that New Zealand strike indicator system and then, uh, you know, watch a video on choosing the right strike indicators. Um, again, you can see our blog and I'll probably embed the strike indicator video again that I made this last summer or fall. As you're assessing your gear, I want you to watch that. Uh, next thing on my you know my list to do is just figuring out how to manage my rods better. Um, I live about 30 minutes from the shop. I live about 15 minutes, uh, <clears throat> actually not even five to 10 minutes from the Akama River, and uh, oftentimes I can take my rods home you know fully strong. Or maybe you're going on a camping trip, or maybe you're going to go stay someplace near the river. You live within 20 or 30 minutes of a river, and you can. Leave your rods together full length. Uh, a good idea is to figure out how to transport those rods all the way set up, going to and from. You know, the idea of leaving your rods together full length just gives you so much more ability um, to be spontaneous and just get out there, um, you know, for a quick evening trip or morning trip, you know, something before or after work. You know, as the days get longer on into May and June, um, you know, we have hours of daylight. It's going to be light till, you know, 9, 9.30, you know, by the time we get in the middle of June. So uh, if you have the ability to leave your rods put together and safely transport them back and forth, um, either to your camp campground, uh, your home, or lodge, or wherever, uh, it can get you a lot more days on the water. Uh, there are a couple of different options here, and I would just encourage you to consider one of three options. Uh you know, one is you can get a lockable vault for the top of your vehicle. Um, we just got a product called a Trexel, uh, 
it's like T-R-X-S-T-L-E, I think. Uh, and you could look at it on our website, but it's super cool. It's an aluminum rod vault that locks. It goes on top of your rig. You lock it down. You can lock your rods in there. And the neat thing is you can actually remove it, and it's telescopic. So if you want to use it like uh, to transport rods in four pieces or one piece, you certainly could. What I like about it is I can store it in my garage when I'm not using it, and it's broke down. It's not nine feet long. Uh, I'll do a, like a video review of it at some point, but it's a super cool product. That allows you to leave your rods on there locked. The other one is you can get like a magnetic or a suction-based rod holder. Uh, I've used those for years, never had any issues with them at all. Uh, and you can transport your rods back and forth, all set up, pre-rigged, ready to go. Uh, and then the last one is is just having like a fish pond uh, Dakota case. That's like a soft case, looks like a violin case. And you can have, if you have multiple rods, multiple reels, you know, maybe for family members or you've just got multiple rods yourself, that fish pond Dakota thing is pretty cool because you can put your, you know, several rods and several reels in one case. It's just a nice way to store them at home uh, or bring, say, three or four rods with you uh, to the water build the one you want to use for the day and then put the rods and the reels all back in one spot so you're never chasing your tail um but as far as the the ready to fish systems that trexel or that suction cup based uh like the sumo quad rack or the vac rack by combi uh those are pretty handy to keep your rods ready to go and i think as you look at your you know past seasons and your next season having those rods all rigged up, flies on, indicators, etc., allows you to be a lot more spontaneous and get out there more. And also, quickly transport the rods from fishing hole to fishing hole, you know, on your vehicle. So you, uh, you know, one of the weight fishing tips I always give people is, like, when I fish this canyon on foot, uh, I generally will never wade fish a whole day or even a half a day parked in one spot. I'm going to get in there and hit it and quit it, jump in my car i might drive a half mile or several miles to the next spot and being able to attach my rod pre-rigged to the vehicle and safely transport it to the next hole allows me to road hunt for water a lot more effectively um so as far as transportation hopefully that's helpful figure out whether you have the system you have now works or not next thing is uh you know waders and footwear you've got to be comfortable when you're wading uh, you know, right now it's just cold. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to go fishing right now, wear thick socks. <laughs> uh, but if you're looking at going this spring and kind of getting ready, figure out whether your wading boots, are they providing you good traction? Are your waders, uh, giving you dry feet? Are you comfortable? Uh, you know, hopefully most of you do have comfortable boots, comfortable waders. They're providing good traction. But right now is when I would consider, do you need cleats, you know, for your boots? And if you you already have boots, you know, are they a type of boot that you can add a cleat to? Uh, do you need a wading staff? You know, wading staff, I will tell you from having fished a lot, wading staff, number one, makes people faster. They can cross the river. They can hike faster. They flat out move faster, myself included. Uh, when I use a wading staff, you're never going to see a mountain climber climb without trekking poles or an ice axe. So, uh, you can use it 
to cross. You can use it to hike, you know, evaluate whether that's something that's going to make your, your fishing better this next year or not. I believe it does. Uh, but consider cleats, consider whether your boots are comfortable. Do you have the right traction? And then regarding waders, uh, do your waders fit good? Do they breathe good? Uh, if they do, uh, great. That's wonderful. Make sure you've got a good wading belt. You know, uh, is that going to do its job and keep water from getting into the lower extremity? Should you take a drink, uh, an elastic wading belt that's, that's fairly, uh, fairly strong is a good idea. And if you have Sims Gore-Tex waders, I would pay attention to this next bit. A lot of you out there wearing old Sims Gore-Tex waders. That's great. Sims makes the best waders on earth. I tried other stuff, and I am, of course, back in Sims after learning my lesson. Take those Sims Gore-Tex waders. If you're suspicious that you've had pinhole leaks and you're getting some dampness in those waders, this whole process takes five minutes, tops. Turn them inside out. Take some rubbing alcohol. If you have a little mist, misting spray bottle you can pour it into, even better. If not, just take and dip your fingers in the rubbing alcohol and rub that rubbing alcohol all over where you think the holes might be. They're going to turn into anywhere from pea-sized uh, to nickel-sized black spots. It's unbelievable process. It's like a magic show. And you can take a little tiny smudge of Aquasil. You don't even have to let the alcohol dry. Put that aqua seal right on those black spots, and voila, you breathe new life into your Sims Gore-Tex waders. And they have to be the Gore-Tex stuff. Other materials that Sims uses for their lower-end stuff doesn't work. If you're thinking about new waders, look no further. Uh, get Sims Gore-Tex waders if you can afford them. You will never, ever, ever regret it. Um, the other thing about um, Sims Gore-Tex waders, too, is uh, you should be washing those waders. You can refer to the tag on those things or the Sims website for details, but uh, you should absolutely turn your waders inside out. You know, wash them. I believe you know. Refer to the website, but I, I believe you use a liquid detergent, and you just do a mild wash, and uh, they're going to breathe better. They're going to be more waterproof. Gore-Tex is actually meant to be serviced and washed. Plus, your waders stink, so you should do something about that. Anyway, wash them. So figure out whether your waiter and boot system is working or not. Uh, replace, you know, replace laces. Don't wait till your first trip of the year to break a lace. Uh, look at your laces. Go do that right now. And then, as far as just on another note of being more agile, you know, if you're still one of those people that don't have a waiter bag or some kind of you know great go bag or bug out bag, get at least get like a Sims taco bag for your waiters. That makes me so much faster when I'm ready to go someplace because I can grab that bag. Got my waders and boots in there. I can put them back in wet and sandy or muddy. I can put them back in that bag, not mess up the back of the wife's minivan. And uh, that is just a great, you know, piece of efficiency. Regarding footwear, uh, if you're not happy with your current footwear, uh, they're not providing good traction, maybe they're worn out. Uh, I will do a video review at some point this spring after I get, oh, uh, I want to get another, you know, 20 days on these boots and then review them. But uh, I got a set of the Corkers Devil Canyon wading boots on recommendation of Steve Joyce, uh, one of the other partners here. And he's been super happy. I think he's on his second set now and loves them. And uh, I got them from Corkers too. They got a BOA lacing system and interchangeable soles. But that's the Corkers Devil Canyon. If you're looking for new boots this year, uh, I have been super happy so far. I guided Steelhead in them um, this year and... Uh, 
and fished them from fall on, you know, pretty much as soon as it got chilly in September. Uh, I've been wearing them since, so uh, Corker's Devil Canyon. Um, all in all, uh, you know, make a fishing plan for 2020. Figure out where you want to go, what you want to do. Do you want to get better at a certain discipline? Manifest your gear and then put lay the groundwork out now, you guys. Get some dates on the calendar. Peel out some, some dates. So, you know, if you're, if you're a guided angler, get a guided trip booked now. Um, we have great conditions, at least here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, on and off from now on. You know, it's a pretty mild winter so far, so we're fishing. Uh, we've got a couple of guides going out tomorrow. If you're doing the guided thing, get your dates booked. If you're doing the do-it-yourself thing, um, contact a friend. Contact a buddy. Connect with somebody. Ask if somebody wants to get into fishing so you've got a fishing partner. And if nobody wants to go, go by yourself. The most reliable fishing partner you could ever have is yourself. So plan to set aside some time for yourself. Take care of yourself. Um, you know, mentally, I think it's a good connection to get out there on the river, good spiritual connection, uh, you know, with the wild and, you know, solo fishing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great opportunity to defrag your system and, uh, you know, come back home with a fresh start. So peel aside the time, uh, now for, you know, all those trips all the way on into summer, plan a great vacation and, uh, set your time aside so that you get all the fishing in that you need to stay mentally and physically healthy. So, uh, thanks for listening. And like I said about four times, if you're listening to this on Podbean and you want a little bit more background on the stuff I mentioned, uh, go to our blog and visit it regularly. I, I do a post every few weeks or so and, uh, check it out. Redsflyshop.com slash blog. Fish on.